for anybody that's looking to still get a pour of Kentucky Owl, and of course you're not going to be able to find it in the shelves when you come from Kentucky because that stuff was uh, long gone within the week that it came out. So do you have the Kentucky Owl bourbon at your tavern that if somebody does come and stay with you, they can say, hey, I've had it? We've got plenty of it. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Give 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean, instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And we're back with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name is Kenny. We also have Ryan here, but uh, I want to go ahead and just tell you we have Dixon Deadman on the show today and Dixon is the owner operator of the Beaumont Inn and he's also a partner in Kentucky Owl, the latest bourbon craze that that just hit. But uh before we go ahead and move that way, I'll uh we'll say uh, welcome back to the show, Ryan. How you been? I'm good, man. Uh you know, it's fall here in Kentucky, my favorite time of the year. Uh you know, a lot of bourbons coming out, football, Kentucky's Wildcats are winning. It's rare, you know, life is good and 
my fantasy football team is kicking ass. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm say, pumped. Rare bourbon and rare football wins are happening right now in Kentucky. That's that's the crazy thing too. But uh, I mean, yeah, you talked about fantasy football. I think that's one thing that I've always noticed when I when I get on these forums and look at it is is the way things have changed in this uh, this this new way that we're moving towards better bourbon and all these other things. And people are loving the gambling aspect of it. And so now. I see a lot of people, at least a few months ago, when they were getting their fantasy teams together, that instead of an entrance fee of $50 or $100, uh, it's now basically like, let's let's find a bourbon that's a, a 30 or 40 or maybe even a $100 bourbon, and that's your entrance fee into the group. The bourbon league that I'm in is really cool. It's really kind of more laid back. We wagered about a 50 to $60 bottle of bourbon, and it's kind of kind of be approved by the group as you know a good bottle like you know a well or 12 or a four roses barrel pick or something like that so it's pretty cool and get your uh, bird dog out of here exactly yeah <laughs> and, and so you, i think the winner gets there's 10 people in the league the winner gets six bottles i think second gets uh three and then third gets one or whatever so it's that'd be a pretty cool win to get six pretty awesome bottles of bourbon you know at the end of the year now the other thing is so you put up this bottle of bourbon now who's stopping you from cracking that open during the season or or like you, your your team loses and you just know you're not going to win the fantasy league and you just say screw it and you go ahead and open it up. So is, are they all sitting at somebody's house like they're like the uh, whatever the commissioner for the league gets to hold all the bottles till then? We made a mistake. We did not appoint a treasurer to hold these <laughs> bottles safely until the end of the season. So I'm hoping that I can trust these guys that you know at the end of the year they'll be ready to pony up their their, <laughs> uh, their losses because I'm definitely going to win. No, I'm kidding. Oh I'm man. I'm excited about our guest. We did a review for Kentucky Al. I wish we'd saved it uh, for before this. It was we we got the batch two and we really enjoyed it. And I'm excited to talk to Dixon. It you know because this bourbon is my kind of bourbon because it's the wise man's bourbon. You know? Yeah. So it makes me feel wise that I drink it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, excited to have Dixon on. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll open this up. So uh, Dixon Deadman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to 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 be uh, somebody feel wor- you know is worthy to interview. What we try to do is we try to round out everything about Kentucky, you know, with bourbon, and then you know you have a a, a good mesh in there as as long as well as you have a lot of things that that go into. The, the tourism industry as well. So I, I totally want to start talking about first, uh, let's talk about you, right? Uh, give everybody kind of a, a, a level set of who you are and uh, what you've been doing and, and kind of what's led you up to this point. Well, sure. I, you know, I am, uh, I'm the fifth generation of, of my family to, to operate the Beaumont Inn here in Harrodsburg. 1919 is about the year that, um, that, that my great, great grandmother was, was fully operational uh, with a restaurant and the guest rooms, um, she bought the college and or bought the building in, in 1916. It was a college that she had graduated from a women's college and uh, not knowing what she was going to do with it. She kind of turned it into an inn and, and uh, you know, kind of here we are. It's been uh, handed down. My uh, my father and, and mother are still involved when they want to be and then we'll go weeks without seeing them and and uh you know it's kind of in in my hands and in my lap right now i've lived here or within uh, a mile from here my whole life aside from the the four years i spent in south carolina in college for the most part because i needed to get far enough away that if somebody didn't show up for work on a friday night my dad couldn't call me and say hey get in here you're frying chicken tonight or whatever so i i, I spent four years at wofford college in in uh, spartanburg south carolina and graduated on sunday and uh, was back to work on thursday and and uh, have been here since and you know we're it's very traditional 
Kentucky, 1845 property that, that we're in. And it, we now have three restaurants, but, you know, our, our main dining room was just awarded uh, a, a James Beard Award uh, as an America's classic for kind of our uh, longevity there. And, and uh, so that's 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 kind of my, my day-to-day. That's what I do is, is kind of just try to keep this thing going. So let's talk about your bourbon. Uh, you know, what kind of got you into dealing with the Kentucky Owl brand? Like, I, I well, guess, where did that stem from? Are you, are you talking about the, the brand itself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, is family history? Uh, and then yeah, what led you know, even, you know, reinvigorating those, it? It's one of those things that's just, it, it almost, for me personally, feels like, you know, something magical that, that happened, something that, that you know, that is like stars aligned. Kentucky Owl was a brand that was produced from about 1879 to about 1917 by my great, great grandfather, uh, C.M. Dedman. Uh, he was, uh, he had a distillery in what's called Oregon, Kentucky, which is in just north of Mercer County. That distillery was was obviously closed with with prohibition and, and uh, there's some, some other stories about all of that. But the long and short of it is that he uh, you know, the federal government came, they took all his whiskey, put it on barges, put it in, um, in, in warehouses and essentially would not allow him to insure it at that point. They said not to worry, Mr. Dedman, your, your bourbon is in government hands and it's as good as insured. And he passed away in about 19, in 1918. And his son received word shortly thereafter that unfortunately those warehouses had mysteriously burned and that, you know, there was there was no um, I don't know if retribution is right, but there was no payment coming back for for those uh, lost barrels. My grandfather's number was always somewhere around two hundred fifty thousand gallons was was the was the amount that that was kind of tossed around there. But at any rate, my my great grandfather sued the federal government a number of times for up to fifteen years trying to get any amount of uh, of money back for that. And he, they never received the first dime. You know, it was, it was always one of those things that everybody talked about. He always talked about bringing it back. My grandfather's great line was always when he won the lottery. It wasn't if he won the lottery, but when he won the lottery, he was going to first buy a limousine and second start up the, the family bourbon again. And, and he passed away in 2003 without that happening. It's always been a dream of my dad's and, and my family still owns the property where the distillery was. And we grew up camping out down there. We built a little cabin down there. Um, you know, we played down there as kids, you know, running around on the foundation of the old warehouses and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's always been kind of a part of family history, always something that, that we've wanted to do. But it never it was just always kind of, a, you know, out there and, and, and unattainable. It's really you know, part of that is because it takes a, a pretty substantial investment. And part of that's because it's a really hard thing to do. I tell people all the time, you know, if I had to do it myself, you know, I got a better shot of getting to the moon with the stuff that's in my garage than I do getting through all the legal paperwork and red tape and all the nonsense that you have to to file and everything. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, there's a, there's a friend of, of my fa- contemporary of my father's in the, uh, in the innkeeping business. Uh, they've been, I'm serving on boards together since the early 80s. And uh, in, he's got an inn in, in Northern California in Eureka. And he got into the wine business uh, and has a winery in Calistoga in Napa Valley out there. And, and uh, not only does he make some phenomenal wines, he's got 300-point scores from Robert Parker for his Cabernets, but he also uh, makes wine for a lot of other people. And so he has the staff and the, the knowledge 
of what it takes to get through the permitting process and the licensing process and all that stuff. So the long and short of it is that that Mark and I were discussing uh, him creating a a proprietary wine label for the end. And he said, look, you keep talking about wine, but all you're drinking is bourbon. All you can talk about is bourbon. All you think about is bourbon. (laughs) And you're from Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and you got a, you know, you got bourbon in your blood. I mean, it's in your, in your family history. He was like, you ever thought about, you know, do, you know, doing the bourbon thing. And I was like, Mark, you know, that's my dream. You know, that's, that's what it, I would, I would love it. And he said, let's do it. After I kind of picked my jaw up and, and stuff, you know, uh, he kind of said, look, I, I can, I can take care of this part of it. You find it, you make it, you get it done. You, you know, we'll come out and get this thing going. And so we literally beat the bushes for, you know, I don't know, 18 months or so. And, 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 and that's how, you know, kind of we got the ball rolling. It's just, it's just been an absolutely unbelievable project. Um, it's so much fun. And it's also one of those things that, um, you know, if it, if it goes away tomorrow, if nothing ever happens with it, if, if another bottle never sells, I can always say I did it. I've always got a bottle, you know, that I can give to my kids and say, one time we did this and this was your great, great, great grandfather's label, you know, hundred something years ago. It's a personal point of pride for me. You know, I have no interest in, in being some bourbon don. I, I don't, you know, consider myself even in the same realm as some of the accomplished and you know, people, the people in the bourbon world. That you know, I, I don't, I don't want anybody to ever think that I, I have some opinion of myself as, as you know. I, I'm just basically, you know, I'm a I fry chicken. I wash dishes. I, I had this opportunity. We we think we make a pretty good bourbon. Um, I'm really proud of it. And, you know, and it's it, for me, you know, it's it's just it's a really cool experience and something that I'm uh, really proud to, to have been able to do. That's that's really great to hear that you're very humble about it, that you don't sit there and say, like, I've just became a master distiller because of my own oh, right. And, and I'm just, a rock star. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, let me tell you something. The weirdest thing in the world for me has been, you know, people will show up and, and ask me to sign their bottle. And I'm used to signing checks or sign. Yes, I agree <laughs> to pay you for this service or whatever. I mean, you know, it, it floors me. It floors me. I, I just, it's so unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, it really is. So, I mean, talk about the brand just a little bit more, right? So, I guess, why the why the tag name, The Wise Man's Bourbon? Is it just because it's an owl on there? Or is, it, is there more to no, it? No, I mean, you know, my two partners in this, Mark Carter and his wife, Sherry. Sherry is a is a graphic uh, designer. She does websites and things like that. But, but what we did was we took the original Kentucky Owl label and updated it slightly. For one, the the original owl on the Kentucky owl bottle looked as much like a field mouse as it does an owl. You know, so <laughs> we got to do something about this owl. Um, and you know, she redesigned the the lettering, the script. Um, but if you look the original, the original said Kentucky owl, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, the wise man's whiskey. So that I mean, it's that's an original slogan that we we just chose to call it the wise man's bourbon instead of the wise man's whiskey but we you know from the label on you know it's it's very they are very similar Mm -hmm. so getting to the the bourbon what made you guys decide to go with the barrel proof offering instead of you know like a 90 proof or 100 proof that's more palatable but to some people to the common folk but to bourbon connoisseurs we really appreciate the barrel proofs i'm a barrel proof guy myself and I think with where we wanted to be with this brand and what we wanted to do, 
barrel proof was the only way to go. You know, we, one of the things that we're doing with, with everything is we're double barreling, but we're double barreling much earlier. You know, we're not finishing in a new barrel for, you know, 18 months, two years. The, the first two batches that have been out at four years old, they were dumped. And then they were re, then, then we had new charred white oak barrels refilled with that four year old product. And we did it, um, barrels of differing char levels. And so, Part of what's been really fun about this is kind of, you know, it's starting with 14 and then for batch two, I was working with nine, but we're working with nine barrels of, of differing char levels. And you can't imagine, you know, when we're working on such a small scale, you can't imagine how different, uh, you can't believe I should say, how different two barrels of identical distillate will taste after four to five years in barrels of different char levels. And, and they just, you know, and, and so part of what we were doing, part of, part of what we we're trying to create these very, you know, these unique batches of different blends of barrels from different char levels and things like that. Number one, you know, that, that a lot of that's kind of lost if you take it from 117 and knock it down to 90, you know, I mean, then, then how much of that uniqueness is there? But number two, with where we wanted to be, the last thing I wanted anybody saying was, here are these guys coming out with this new brand, charging this ridiculous amount of money, and they're watering it down to 86 proof so that they can sell X number of cases so they can put X number of bucks in their pocket. And the reality is, I felt like to get and do what we wanted to do, that the only way to, to do it was to do a, a barrel-proof expression. And there's nothing against, I have nothing against any other brands, but for us, I didn't want anybody to think we were trying to hide something. We were trying to water something down. We were trying to, 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 to stretch it. Uh, you know, we wanted it to be the real deal. And you let the consumer decide they want to add a little water. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com bourbon, all lowercase. And go to shopify.com bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today, shopify.com slash bourbon. So the other thing about, I guess, can you talk, I mean, because it's you talked that you had nine barrels. So, I mean, this is like a, a real small batch blend then, right? We probably have 100 to 120 maybe barrels from nine plus years old all the way down to six months old but for batch two i was working with working from nine particular barrels and and so you know i started with a blend of all nine uh blend of you know and, and i started really with about two dozen different blends of different 
you know, barrel combinations. And uh, you worked it down to about five, took those five to a lot of people whose opinion I value, you know, people in the industry, people who asked me not to mention their names, but but people who, you know, it's not like we just kind of willy nilly did this on our own. You know, we, we took it to some pretty high profile people and had them take a look at a lot of this stuff. And and, and the one that we kept settling on was this batch two, or the blend that, that became batch two. And that was a six barrel blend. So we didn't use all nine. We just selected six of them there. Three of them from the char four and three of them from the char five. And it was that blend for me again and again and again and again. And I would do it blind. And I, it was just, it was that particular one that, that really stood out to me and, and to most people, to be honest with you. And so reiterate what you did, right? Because I want to make sure that, that I understood that correctly, is that you took a, you took these barrels and then you dumped them and then you put them back into new charred barrels. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was, it was about 19 barrels or so we had we dumped at four years old so this is about five and a half years ago so we dumped them and that filled 14 new barrels and they were all different char levels um, we kind of experimented with with a few of them some pretty low you know we had a few twos a few threes a few uh, a lot of four a lot of five and a, a handful of six that so the, those 14 barrels were what we what we've been using what we use for batch one and batch two that we we had a, a combination for batch one was a blend of five barrels, one from each uh, char level. So a two, three, four, five, and six. And then, so th- you take those five out, we had nine left. And, and uh, so a year later, working from those nine, the blend that we chose was six of those nine. So I guess the one thing that, that you'd always think of when you think of any brand, there's usually some sort of like consistency when you go and you pick up a bottle. Now, are you trying to figure out, you know, I haven't opened up my batch one. I have a bottle of batch one. I was actually able to get my hands on it. I haven't cracked it open. So, I mean, is there is there a, a, a big difference between batch one and batch two? And then when you think of batch three, are you Batch gonna- one and batch two have similarities. The way it's looking right now, batch three, you know, and, and we have a lot of different distillate. I don't mind telling you, I've got some, uh, some weeded product that was, that's been double barreled that is absolutely out of this world. Um, it is, it is phenomenal. And, uh, so, you know, each batch, you know, batch one and batch two are, are similar. Batch three could potentially be a completely different animal altogether. And, and that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do each batch, You know, we're not looking for specifically trying to recreate each batch, each batch, each time we do it, it'll be a different expression and, and, and could be a different expression altogether. So I, I guess for, for anybody out there who's listening to this and is thinking to themselves, like, what the hell are they talking about? I've never seen this stuff on the shelves before. If this is a, a Kentucky-only release, and the only way you can get it outside of Kentucky is, of course, through a secondary market or through your best friend that lives here that was nice enough to go and wait in the line and get you a bottle. I guess the first question is, is like, why the only Kentucky you know, release? Like, what was the, the thought just behind having a, a one-state release? Well, part of that is because, you know, the first batch, we, we actually only put out about 1,100 bottles to the market. The second batch, we put out, a, you know, about about 1400 and and to spread that over different markets just means you know that it's it kind of felt like for a lot of people a needle in a haystack anyway but you know if we if we took it further outside kentucky we felt like it spread us too thin and, mm-hmm. and there might know, be like 30 bottles to have had in the entire state or something like that right yeah. and, and i mean you know i think there you know kentucky is bourbon I mean, we wanted to start this in kentucky we'll go outside kentucky as um, as we get some more barrels that come of age you know it was important to us to you know to, to almost 
be exclusive to Kentucky to get this thing started. And I know there are some others, but that that don't. But there uh, there are other products I'm sure you know that are that are now um, exclusively just released in Kentucky. You know that's just kind of uh, and and <laughs> when you when you look at some of those boards and stuff, I mean there was a, a store in Lexington. Guy said that he had uh, four college kids from New York uh, that were paid to drive down here, wait in line, and get four Kentucky Owls and take it back to a guy. So, I mean, I guess the people out of state, if they have the means, are, are figuring out a way to get it. If right. They want that's it. true. That's true. So, I mean, I guess how how does that make you feel, right? To to kind of know that your brand is you know exploding to the point where people are are in high demand for it. This is all we kind of look at. This is this is probably a bubble that's going to burst at some point, but right now it's it's hot, right? And so, I mean, how how does that make you feel? It's a, it's almost a surreal feeling, you know, because for us, it's it's very much a hands on thing. You know, I mean, we I, I pull samples from barrels at least once every couple months, you know, and, and we go through we, we you know we design the label, we do you know we're there for all the bottle, and we see it going, you know, and all that stuff, and and that's really that's so, it's so much fun, and then you you see it come out, you know, you look at it and the way uh, people talk about it, the way people chase it, and the way it goes, and you're sitting there thinking, my gosh. It, it, it's surreal. It, it really is. You know? mm-hmm. Tell us about the, the Old Owl Tavern because, you know, it kind of has that same name and I think it's on your property too, right? Well, sure. You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting about, and, you know, I mean, most people in Kentucky know that you know, there's few places in the world with more archaic liquor and, and alcohol histories than Kentucky. But I graduated from college in uh, May of 2003. In November of 2003, the uh, fourth election over uh, t- a 10-year period passed in Harrodsburg to allow uh, sale of alcohol by the drink. And so, you know, from Prohibition until November of 2003, uh, Harrodsburg, where we are, uh, was a dry county. Uh, November that passed in March of 04, we immediately started construction on uh, one part of the building to, to put in the old owl tavern. And, you know, the, the owl, the same, you know, the owl is taken, the name is taken from that same distillery. Um, and, and, you know, that was, uh, we, we opened in November, the night before Thanksgiving, November of 2004. And, uh, it, it's, it provided us a completely new, I guess, you know, amenity to offer to our guests. It's a very casual dining restaurant, uh, very, you know, it's not near as formal as our white tablecloth dining room. But uh, we've also built it into what I think is is a, is a pretty damn cool uh, bourbon bar. Um, you know, the Bourbon Review guys named this one of America's 75 best bourbon bars. And, you know, we, I mean, I've got anywhere from 110 to 120, 130, depending on what time of year it is, brands on the shelves. And it's really taken on a life of its own. I can't believe it's been 11 years since we did that. But um, the, the tavern is, has made a big impact in, in what we're doing here at the end. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a lot. So you got a lot of bourbons on the shelf there, over 120, huh? I think you could, you know, you could probably uh, make it, yourself a, a stop on that urban bourbon trail. We uh, now we we've partnered up big time with the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We're a sponsor. Uh, we're one of the you know one of the handful of properties that they recommend for, for you know as an overnight accommodation because for the trail itself we sit right in the middle. You know every uh, each of the distilleries are are really within less than an hour from us, and so you know 
uh, it's we're, we're really centrally located, and, and that's been a huge, huge part of our business here lately. Is uh, is the you know is, is partnering up with and and you know all that's going on with with the Bourbon Trail. Well, that's that's fantastic to know because I we've gotten uh, a multitude of messages of of people that send us uh, emails and they say. Uh, we're actually going to go and check out the Kentucky Bourbon Trail after listening to this podcast. And for the longest time, we've always kind of said, well, the best place to probably go is Louisville because you're kind of in the middle between Lexington. You know, you can either go east or west, depending on which way you want to go and uh, go to all these different distilleries because you can only choose really one. Uh, but now I'm glad to hear that there's uh, another good location that, uh, of course, is you have your kind of like uh, your bed and breakfast kind of scenario where it's uh, you have your restaurants, you have everything that you would need there, all your amenities at home. Uh, and then, of course, you're only, uh, what, an hour and 15 minutes away from downtown Louisville, something like that. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, we last year we had uh, we had guests stay with us from all 50 states and 16 foreign countries. And, and the majority of 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 all all of those uh, places represented at least visited one or two distilleries and and. You know, so we, we do a lot of it. And, and the great part about where we are is, you know, you can you can go, as you say, west and knock out all of the ones in the Bardstown area in a day and then go east or, you know, northeast from us and, and hit, you know, hit the others. And, and um, you know, you're, you're still only traveling about, you know, less than an hour. So, mm-hmm. so I guess uh, for anybody that's looking to still get a pour of Kentucky Owl and, of course, you're not going to be able to find in the shelves when you come from Kentucky because – that stuff was uh, long gone within the week that it came out. So do you have the Kentucky Owl bourbon at your tavern that if somebody does come and stay with you, they can at least oh, say, sure. I've had it. Sure. Sure. We've got it. We've, uh, uh, we've, we've got plenty of it. We, um, and you know, and I, the other thing I'll, I'll kind of um, plug there is I, I do a lot of tastings here at the end as well. Private tastings. I do four or five a week. Um, if you follow, if you go to the Tavern's Facebook page, you can see the pictures of the different tastings. But we've always got Kentucky Owl on the shelf. You know, I, I want it. The thing that's so important to me about Kentucky Owl is that people drink it. You know, I want, we make, we don't make it. I mean, I, I love, I love the, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling to know that, that people uh, have placed such a value on it, that people do so much to get it, that people want it. Um, and, you, you know, and we want them to drink it. We want them to crack it open, you know, on a special occasion and, and drink the stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I've had it. I said it was fantastic. If you can find it and you've got it, some spare change, you know, add it to the shelf. Um, but it's it's definitely uh, something that that I think uh, it's grown in, in, in this very, very recent history. It is it's one of those brands that people love to be able to say, I, I have it on the shelf, right? It's it's next up to there to my, my B-Tax and my pappies. And, uh, you know, I'm only going to port for the, the esteemed guests that, that actually visit my, my basement bar. Well, man, I'll tell you again, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You know, I never I never dreamed that we would we would be there. Um, it is such a cool feeling. It, it is, you know, I am humbled beyond belief um, to, you know, that to even hear, you know, somebody say something along those lines. You know, we're just. Uh, it, it's, it's just a re, you know, it's a point, it's a thing of pride for me. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, my dad and I have a pour of it every once in a while. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, man, there's, there's a long line of our family who, uh, looking over us thinking this is pretty daggone cool. Yeah. 
I, I could I could totally see that. It's especially you know carrying on a family lineage and something like that is is definitely nice. So last question because we're we're kind of reaching our thirty minute mark. Uh, this sure. was a question that came from uh, Adam Johnson, who is a former member uh, or sorry, former guest of the show. He's the director of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and he says, "I need to know the secret to the General Lee cake." Let me tell you about Adam Johnson. Adam Johnson's a good friend of mine. Adam Johnson also uh, was a uh, he. He tried. He tried to bartend for me for a little bit, <laughs> and uh, I kept catching him over there sampling different things. And next thing you know, he just wanted to be paid in this Robert E. Lee cake, you know. So. He uh, he snuck that in there, and I'll probably he'll say I owe him something for for that question or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of our traditional desserts. It's a uh, you know a, a, a layered citrus sponge cake with citrus icing. We've been served. It's been on the menu since uh, they started welcoming guests to the inn, and in, in, you know nineteen nineteen. It's it's just one of our real traditional classic desserts. Oh, that's fantastic. So if anybody does need to get a hold of you or if they want to make a reservation at the end, uh, how do they do that? Well, you know, our website is probably the easiest, uh, beaumontin.com. Um, I keep being given uh, more email accounts. You know, I, ha- I think I've got Dixon at KentuckyAlBourbon.com. I've got Dixon at beaumontin.com. Um, you know, any any of those ways, you, you know, I, I'd be happy to... Um, answer any questions or, 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 you know, have anybody come stay with us and, and, and drink a little Kentucky Owl and tell some stories. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I want to say thank you again for, for being on the show, Dixon. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I, it's very much my pleasure. I, I certainly do appreciate the opportunity and, and certainly do. Uh, I'm honored that y'all would think that I was worthy of, of having uh, an interview with. Hey, we'll see when batch three comes out. We might have you on again. Sounds like a plan. All right. So if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook and Instagram at Bourbon Pursuit. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're on there pretty much every single day, uh, you know, tweeting out pictures of what we're doing, what our what our uh, our bunkers look like, any kind of cool industry news and retweets. Uh, we love interacting with some of our, 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 not only our guests, but also our fans of the show. Uh, so please get us there if you have any comments, suggestions. Uh, people you want to see on the show. We just got uh, a new suggestion last week. We need to interview the people at Old Pogue. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and reach out to a lot of those people, and we're gonna try to get them on because uh, we love to again capture those stories and the history of the industry before uh, before they're all gone. So uh, again, Dixon, thank you again for being on the show, and we'll see you all next time.